You're listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast, a cape-free zone where we share stories and break down strength and struggle narratives to reimagine lives with us at the center. I'm your host, Kayla Charleston. Now let's get into it. It's been a while since I've had y'all to myself, so the next episode or two is going to be a solo episode. And on this one, I'm talking about imposter syndrome. This was inspired by a recent review that I got. I'm going to read the review. I hope the person doesn't mind, but she titled the review, Don't Always Agree, But Always Learning. It says, I've been an avid podcast listener for years, and this is my first review. I thoroughly enjoy Kayla's podcast, both her standalone episodes and when she invites guests. I don't always agree with the ideas being put forward, but I always come away having learned so much and had my beliefs and views challenged or affirmed. I've recommended it to many girlfriends. First of all, if you're listening, thank you for that review. Uh, I feel like it was a genuine review and genuine reviews are appreciated because they help me to understand what you all are taking from the show. The reason inspired it, it inspired me to talk about imposter syndrome is because I have so much imposter syndrome surrounding producing and putting out this show. Partly because I don't fancy myself as a speaker. I much I prefer um, written communication much more than I do verbal communication. And also, I put a lot of work into finding guests that I think will add value in some way, whether it's an inspirational story or an area of expertise or some information they have to share. I don't always agree. I also don't always agree with everything that the guests say, but it's important that they add value in some way. And I consider a lot whether or not I sound like I'm just talking out of my ass or whether I sound like I am, you know, well-informed on the things that I talk about or that I've, you know, am well-read or at least have thought about it enough to sound like, you know, I'm taking a position from a place of knowing and not just talking just to be talking. So I'll be honest and say that I don't, I don't always feel like I come across that way Um, Even if that's not how people perceive me, that's me being hard on myself and feeling like, okay, who am I to have this, to to have this platform and to speak to these issues? I guess my goal for this show is to, or one of my goals is to create conversation and create dialogue and discussion and hopefully to inspire people to maybe consider a perspective that they hadn't before or think about something in a way that they hadn't before. So to have reviews that basically affirm that that is happening is really important to me and it means a lot to me. Um, And it is helping me to challenge the imposter syndrome that I feel in regards to putting out this show. (sighs) Okay, so... (laughs) I don't know why I decided. I just feel like I just got something off my chest just then. And I know the show is called, this episode is called uh, Why Imposter Syndrome Isn't Real. I want to acknowledge that feeling like an imposter is very real. So imposter syndrome, feeling like you're inadequate for a certain position or role or feeling like your achievements or accomplishments aren't merited or warranted, feeling like you're an imposter amongst experts or professionals who are going to call you out at any moment for the imposter that you feel like you are. All those things are very real. 
So I want to acknowledge that when I say imposter syndrome isn't real, my issue comes into play with the word syndrome. So when I think of a syndrome, I'm thinking of, it It makes me think of like an ailment or an illness or an abnormality within an individual that needs healing or something. And to me, that obscures the relationship between the individual and larger society, which is basically responsible for um, the, the development of this, this syndrome, this imposter syndrome. It's, it's larger society and we're, we are positioned in society as black women that's responsible for these feelings of being an imposter. And what I mean is that whiteness in our culture, whiteness and maleness has become synonymous with competence, with credibility, with authority, right? We see white men, and when I say we, I mean as a society at large, we see white men as automatically credible, as automatically competent, as automatically authorities on whatever, even if they don't know what the hell they're doing. And there are plenty of examples of white men fucking shit up <laughs> because we just trust that they know what they're doing and they don't. So when white when whiteness and maleness become the standard for credibility and you never, or maybe not never, but you don't as often see yourself reflected in the the standard of of what's credible and what's competent of course it's reasonable to internalize ideas about your lack of competence or your lack of credibility or your lack of belonging in certain positions in certain roles and you know your qualifications it's a reasonable response to what our society says is uh or or who our society appoints as inherently credible. Feeling like an imposter, those feelings are real. But when we say it's a syndrome, it's kind of like the onus is on the individual to fix themselves, to find out what's wrong with them and, you know, just get out, get out of your head and start believing in yourself. But also we need to talk about how we need an, a more equitable society so that it doesn't create the conditions in which people start to feel like an imposter because they're not seen as um, able to have expertise or able to be credible in some field or, or whatever. So that's the issue that I take with this phrase, imposter syndrome. It's kind of a misnomer um, because it mis it misplaces accountability in, in my mind. It's, it, it also reminds me of like when people say that you should love yourself and, you know, love your body. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people say about you and how you look. That's all fine and good. Well, no, it's not actually, it's not fine and good because it, it downplays the fact that we are social creatures. We're social animals and outside validation and affirmation is important and it's human nature for that to be important we don't exist in a vacuum we don't exist on an island other people's input and other people's appraisals of us matters and not only does it matter but also in a lot of in a lot, a lot of ways in a lot of regards it impacts access to resources so like for example globally darker skinned people 
right, have fewer or less access to resources or are locked out of more opportunities than than lighter skinned people. Like colorism is a global issue. So we're talking about you just love yourself and it doesn't matter how you look. Well, it's easy to say that, but we live in a society that operates on subjugating people based on how they look. So it's the same, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like we can say, oh, just get out of your head with this imposter syndrome, believe in yourself. And really, we also need to be having a conversation about how society impacts the way that we see ourselves because it matters. It's not just just getting out of your head and getting over it. I have so I struggle with imposter syndrome with this podcast but there are other areas where I have managed my imposter syndrome well I would say one of those areas is writing so I have a story about writing and how I've been able to manage my imposter syndrome around writing so the first time I discovered that I loved writing was when in high school we had the assignment was to write a narrative or memoir or something I wrote it about my best friend who was on episode a season an episode from season one the one about recentering women and that the piece was called water balloons rollers and dinner one pieces and it was all about our adventures together throwing water balloons at cars and how she taught me to do my first roller wrap and how she had me in dinner one pieces filling myself it was it was just a fun piece to write and I learned that I really love writing. So I finished high school, go to college, and I major in English because I love writing. Well, imposter syndrome crept in there somewhere. Despite loving and having a passion for writing, I, I kind of doubted my abilities a little bit. So I get to my first English class and the first assignment of the semester is to write a 10 page paper. So I write this 10 page paper and my professor thinks it's so good that she wants to enter it into a national writing contest. And I'm like, wow, like I know I liked writing, but I didn't realize I was that good at it. So anyway, it is end of the semester comes and this professor does this thing where she sits down for 10 to 15 minutes with students to uh, basically not argue, but like, come to an agreement about what grade you deserve in the class. So whatever grade that you two settle on, that you both feel like you deserve, is the grade that you get. So I sat down with her and I said, I made the case for a B. I deserve a B in the class. And this is despite me writing an essay, a 10-page paper that she said was good enough to enter into a national contest. So I got a B in the class. I don't remember how she informed me. I don't remember if it was an email or if it was on the last paper that she gave back, but she told me that I deserved an A and I would have gotten an A had I made the case for an A, but I got a B because I made the case for a B. And that was a lesson for me in standing confidently in my skills and abilities. I'm sure... I am sure in all her years of teaching, she probably had plenty of white guys argue the case for them making an A in the class, even though they deserve like a D or something. But I just, I didn't have it to, at, at that point in time, I didn't have the confidence in my skills 
and my abilities to advocate advocate for myself. But that was that was a lesson for me. And I took that lesson moving forward. And I, you know, I finished undergrad. I went to my master's program. I was surrounded by black people, black professors in a black program. And I was also affirmed in my skills, in my writing skills in that program. So over the years, over the several years of through undergrad and through my master's program, I was able to develop a sense of assuredness about my writing. When I got to my PhD program, that's when it got tested. And I'm very fortunate that I had that foundation through undergrad and uh, my master's program because I needed it to get me through grads to get me through my PhD program. So um, in my PhD program, my department, it was like almost the opposite of my um, master's program. It was mostly white, very unwelcoming. I've talked about this before. I took a class with a white male professor uh, on health disparities and of course we had to write a paper you're always writing papers in grad school um the he gave feedback on the assignment he gave comments for revisions for like the final paper or the next draft of the paper and i remember his comments being like really out of pocket And the tone was off and I didn't like the tone. I didn't appreciate the tone. And I honestly didn't even know what he was asking because the tone threw me off so much. So I decided to make a meeting with him to, you know, talk about what he was actually saying I needed to do with this paper. So I go into his office for this little meeting, sit in his little chair or whatever. And I tell him, you know, I think that your tone in these comments wasn't wasn't necessarily helpful if you're trying to help students improve their writing or if you're trying to help students you know make revisions to their paper this white man told me you can't don't tell me how to run my class or don't tell me how to give feedback or something like that don't tell me how to do something I was like okay that's what we're doing in this meeting I see okay so I you know move on from that and I'm trying to get actual feedback on my paper and what do I need to do to make this into an A paper this white man proceeds to look me in my face and tell me verbatim your writing is horrible if I'm being honest so at that like I I was shocked because you're obviously not coming from a place where you're trying to help students if that's what you're saying because that's not the way to do it um I feel like that was a lot of ego in there. How dare this black woman, how how dare this black woman come into my office and tell me that I'm not doing something right. So let me take her down a few pegs by telling her that her writing is horrible. Fortunately, I had that foundation of, you know, people building me up and being affirmed in my, in my skills. And I was able to look him right back in his face and tell him, no, it's not. And we honestly, we did sit there and argue back and forth like some five-year-olds for a, a couple seconds. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. But I refused to let him convince me or tell me or talk over me and say that my writing was horrible when I knew it was not. And so eventually I was like, okay, this is not productive. This is not going anywhere. I'm going to leave. And I left. I ended up getting an A in the class, which is funny since my writing was so horrible. But anyway, um, it speaks to what I was saying in terms of whiteness and maleness 
being um, associated or being synonymous with um, competence and credibility. And even more than that, they are the arbiters and the the judges of who else is seen as competent and credible and um, skilled and, and qualified. So he is an example. He's an overt example of this happening. This, this happens. These judgments are made all the time, even without them being expressed explicitly, like the way this white man did. Like there are gatekeepers and in institutions who are making judgments about who is, whose experiences make them qualified or whose education is, you know, not enough or who doesn't belong in these spaces. And that's exactly what I mean when I say that the relationship between the individual and larger society is obscured when we call it an imposter syndrome, like it's just some kind of illness that uh, materialized out of nowhere rather than it being contingent upon actual gatekeepers and institutions being the judges and arbiters of who is worthy and who belongs and who doesn't. And it also speaks to what I said about validation and affirmation being a natural human need because it was due to other other people affirming me in other spaces and other ways that I was able to stand up against this white man who was in my face lying. I don't know if this is petty or not. Call me petty if you want to, but I definitely have plans on writing a book that is critically acclaimed, autographing it. Thanks for your support of my horrible writing and sending it to that white man one day. Moving along. Since I've managed to challenge my imposter syndrome when it comes to writing a bit more, a bit more successfully, I figured I would give some tips on how I did that. And while the ultimate goal or ideally the way to fix imposter syndrome or heal imposter syndrome or whatever is to have a society that doesn't condition people to feel inadequate and to feel like imposters. But it takes a long time for society and culture to change. So a more short-term kind of solution is to manage how you deal with the feelings when they do come up. So the first tip which is related to what I've been talking about is to acknowledge the conditions that exist that evoke a sense of feeling like an imposter. So there's a difference between feeling like an imposter and just accepting it as true and accepting it as fact and feeling like an imposter, but also acknowledging what is happening out in the world to make you feel like you don't belong. So acknowledging that there are gatekeepers in different institutions that are making judgments about who belongs and, you know, whose expertise is valuable or valid or who's credible and who's competent. And their judgments often don't center people who look like you. So acknowledge that those things are happening and those things are existing so that when you feel like an imposter, you can say, okay, I feel like an imposter. I know why I feel like an imposter, but that is not necessarily true. This is why I feel like that. This is why I feel like that. But because I know that I know where that's coming from, I can observe those feelings and I can let them pass. I can let them go. Um, so that's that's one thing. That's one way that has helped me that really helped when I had to face that white man. 
I understood what I was dealing with and he wasn't able to shake me in that instance. Another tip, because I know that people, another source of imposter syndrome can be looking at other people who make it seem like they just have it easy or they're out here achieving and they're making it look easy and they know exactly what they're doing. I can say with like a thousand percent confidence that many, many people do not know what they're doing. (laughs) A lot of people are just out here doing the work, like doing what they are doing, doing what they want to do, but are making it up as they go along. And that reminds me of the episode earlier this season with um, Jackie, who has a the pole and aerial fitness studio, who said that she was literally just making it up as she goes along. And I said in the episode, like, I would have never guessed based on your social media presence, based on how it seems like your business flourished, you know, early on, that I would never guess that you were just making it up. I would have thought you had extensive business plans. I would have thought you had like coaches or something helping you. I would have thought you had whole teams, you know, helping you out. I would have never guessed from the looks from the outside that you were just making it up. And that's something that we need to remind ourselves that when we feel like we're out of place and we don't belong, I guarantee you there are so many other people who feel that way as well, but you just don't know it because all you see is the finished product. So remind yourself that if you feel like you don't belong and you're just winging it, okay, I guarantee you a lot of other people feel that way too. And that's not to say that people, you shouldn't have plans for your life and you know don't make plans and plans never go as intended or expected, but a lot more people than you think are in the positions that they are, not necessarily because they know exactly what they're doing, but, you know, just because stuff works out sometimes. Another thing is to realize or understand that there are people out there doing exactly what you want to do who are less skilled than you. And (laughs) It's well, this one with this one, it's important not to get stuck here and just be like sneak hating or whatever on people who are doing things that you want to do. You don't want to focus on, oh, that person's not even that good, and they they have all this, you know, attention or they have all this fame or they have all this money, and you know, they're not even that skilled. Don't get stuck in that position, only use that as a way to push yourself to. Do something that you may not feel like you're prepared to do, but and and understand that you don't have to be perfect. You don't actually don't have to be an expert. Like you just and honestly, all it takes to succeed is for you to be more knowledgeable and more experienced than like a group of another group of people. You don't have to be the most. You don't have to know everything. You just have to have more experienced than another set of people. And those people are the people who are in your audience or your market or your whatever. So if I'm using this podcast as an example, there are people out there who know more than me on the topics that we talk about on this show. They might listen to the show and think, oh, she doesn't, you know, contribute anything of value because I already know everything that's been being presented. But that doesn't matter. All that matters is I find where I fit and I find my audience and I find the people who do 
see value in the things and the ideas and the conversations that happen on this show. So it's the same type of thing. Find where you fit. When you look at other people who are doing what you want to do with less experience or less education or you know, not as much skill or talent as you have, let that be a motivator to get off your ass and do what you what you want to do or or pursue what you want to pursue. The next thing is to use external validation for exactly what it's purposed for. So this goes back to what I was saying about the reviews and how the reviews for this podcast, genuine reviews, allow me to understand what you all take away from the show. If I didn't have the reviews, I would be stuck in my head thinking, okay, this show is, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm coming across as intended. I don't know if I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but because of reviews, I'm able to use external validation to kind of affirm that I'm doing well at something. And like I said, external validation, seeking external validation is not always a bad thing. So instead of giving into your imposter syndrome or taking it as fact that, you know, I don't belong or I'm not skilled enough at this or I don't have enough education or experience. Consider what is being communicated to you externally. Do you have a performance evaluation at your job that says you did amazing? Um, Do you have reviews on your business or your product or something that people are in love with it? Did you write something that people said really touched them? What what external validation are you getting and how does that contradict the voice in your head that says that you're not good enough or you're not worthy or you're, you, you fall short? So actually use what you're getting in your external environment that can challenge those feelings when they come up. And I'm willing to bet what you'll find when you pay attention to what your external environment is saying about you, it'll be a lot more positive than what you give yourself credit for. I know that's been the case for me many times when I have felt inadequate. I have stopped to pay attention to the feedback that I'm getting externally, and it almost always contradicts how I'm feeling inside. And then it's like, okay, Stop being so hard on yourself because you're actually that bitch. The last thing is take a look around us. (laughs) Take a look at our country. Take a look at the things that pop up in the news cycle. Just really take a look at what's going on. I feel like things get more ridiculous and more tragic and more absurd like every day who would have thought that we would be living through a deadly pandemic that would make human contact with anyone outside of our household potentially fatal from a a, a virus that that takes over your respiratory system who would have thunk it who would have thought about (laughs) who would have thought you know, there would be a, a woman who put Gorilla Glue in her hair to slick it down and then raised $23,000 <laughs> in donations, which I am not knocking her for raising that money. But 
like when you think about the the things that happen and the things that we're living through and how ridiculous and incredible and absurd the things that enter the news cycle are on a daily basis you believing that you're capable and you're competent and you have the skills and the abilities to do what you want to do is nowhere near as absurd as incredible as wild as ridiculous as a lot of the stuff that we see happening on a daily basis so honestly why think of think about that consider that why would you actually being good enough and you actually belonging and you actually being skilled enough why would that be more unfathomable than the things that we see happening around us every day. And I just want to leave you all with that. I will leave you all with that. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes drop and rate and review so others will know how much you love the show too. If you want to keep up with me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Not The Wifey Type. Until next time, I'm reminding you to belong to yourself. <laughs>